listening to Symmetry Health 360. This episode is brought to you by Symmetry Revenue Cycle Management Solutions, a tech-enabled specialty RCM team for post-acute and behavioral health organizations. Join us for this episode, Payment Trends and Payment Collection Posting, The Return of Cash is Queen Part 2. Please join Jess Stover, Principal, and Lynn Labarda, VP of Post-Acute RCM at Symmetry, experts in home health and hospice billing, as they continue the discussion on opportunities that agencies have at their fingertips to increase cash flow that you may not have considered before. Welcome, Jess and Lynn. Well, thanks so much, Susan. And there are a few key pieces that we didn't get a chance to cover. So, Lynn, let's talk through the payment trends and payment collection posting. Because I think those two mm-hmm. things, they really go hand in hand, right? I mean, absolutely. Tell me how you feel about payment trend reporting. Absolutely. So, you know, payment trend analysis is really a good idea from an administration standpoint for an agency. Yeah. You know, think of it like this. If you normally collect maybe $20,000 per week for Medicare or yeah. for Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and suddenly you see a significant drop, that's going to raise a red flag, right? And that's going to give you time to really reach out to your billing staff, to your billing agency, and talk to them about that issue and say, hey, you know, I'm seeing a significant decrease in revenue. What could be happening? Maybe there is an issue with the payer or with rejections, or maybe it could not necessarily be an issue, but could be a drop in census. Whatever the reason, knowing what your payment trends is very helpful in running the agency. What do you say, Jess? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the cash goals, if you can set cash Mm -hmm. goals up for your services, you know, so being hospice, home health, have a set cadence for Medicare, Medicaid, Mm -hmm. and non-Medicare payers so that your commercial payers, if you can set that up and really the cash goal you talk about payment trends, you yeah. should be collecting your revenue from the previous month. You should be collecting at 100% when it, of that revenue. When it comes to Medicare. Right. And you should be looking at that and figuring out on a weekly basis, are you hitting that monthly goal? If you're not, then that to your point, Lynn, it's a red flag and you know exactly where to pinpoint what pair what's the bottleneck? Did we bill? Did we forget? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're so right. Did we, exactly. Did we skip billing that week? You know, right. And we laugh, but that stuff happens. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's because someone was maybe out and there was no cross coverage or there was a rejection going back Mm -hmm. to our conversation earlier about clearinghouse rejections. There was a rejection, a batch rejection, and it just was not fixed. Yeah. Or maybe Medicare. I mean, this all another, I have so many stories, but this actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah. Speaking to a customer of ours that we've trained on payment trends. So they're fantastic about it. And the minute that there was a fluctuation in his trend, in his goal that week, immediately he picked up the phone and he called me and he's like, Hey, what's going on? Normally we get X amount of dollars per week. It has completely dropped. What's up. And it turned out that it was a credit balance report issue. 
from Palmetto, from Medicare. Uh, and it was nothing that he did wrong because that agency did submit their credit balance report. But for some reason, Palmetto had some glitch in the system that showed his agency, even though he had acceptance confirmation of submitting that credit balance by email, for some reason, it showed that he didn't submit a credit report. And suddenly he didn't get paid that week. And he jumped immediately, which is what's really fantastic about keeping an eye on those payment trends. Because if you really don't look at that cash that's coming in weekly, you know what? You may not notice for a month. Like a snowball so fast. And that's great because in that instance, you know, with credit balance report mishaps that if you don't catch that and call out Palmetto, say in that instance, you're going to be in a really big bind very quickly. Oh yeah. Compounds week over week over week because it's done. I'm not paying you. (laughs) Yeah. They stop all your payments and it could be huge because I remember back in the day, some years ago, they would say, oh, in a couple of days, we'll get it reinstated. But now, now we're seeing seven to 30 days for them to reinstate a credit balance issue. Wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And I mean, imagine if you're a large agency like this agency was having 30 days of non-payment is crippling. No. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Get your credit files report done. Get your credit. uh, Yeah. And even if you do, sometimes, sometimes there's issues with Medicare. So just staying on top of knowing what those payment trends are is critical. And, you know, you also mentioned denial trends. Denial trends are something you want to carefully watch as well. Not just for the purpose of correcting claims. I mean, obviously we want to correct claims as soon as possible. But I really think that denial management And really carefully watching those denial trends is really important, even from the standpoint of possibly holding and not accepting certain insurance plans if you have a high volume of denials, because that can really avoid huge revenue losses by monitoring that denial report and making proactive decisions on certain payers. This is something we watch really closely with our customers because insurance companies, especially commercial insurance companies, they'll change their payer guidelines suddenly and right like that and then Mm -hmm. do they even bother notifying agencies well sometimes they'll send a press release out sometimes they send Mm -hmm. a letter sometimes they don't do anything (laughs) and all of a sudden you'll have a couple of months of rejected you know consistent rejections and and again if you're not on top of those denials you may not catch it for a few months yeah and then it's the same thing yeah that we were talking about before with payment trends That's true. And to add to that too, it's insurance companies get purposely vague Mm. in their denial reasons. Mm. And when you look at those RARC or CARC codes and you're trying to navigate non-emergent, non-emergent, that that one was one of my favorites. This is non-emergent care. What does that mean? What does any of that mean? Yeah. You didn't have the right authorization or PCP referral, or is it another code? Like, what is that? That was one that came up recently with one of our clients. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything. That's a pick up the phone call, phone call to the insurance and figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, there's so many of those, right? Sometimes we have to spend hours and hours on the phone, just trying to figure out these boilerplate, random rejections that don't mean anything because I feel like they're these standardized rejections for every industry. 
yeah. right? Yep. Physicians, hospitals, nursing homes, home health agencies, and they like don't mean anything specifically to us. And you're right. You have to pick up the I phone. Know. Yeah. You have to yeah. pick up the phone. We spend hours and hours do. on the phone, right? Yeah. And I think to the posting of it, if you can mm. post it, and I, I know you want to talk a lot about posting mm, my God, those remittances, but that plays into that too, because if you're posting on a frequent basis, then you're going to be able to catch these denial trends a lot faster. Yeah. It just snowballs from there. So I think the posting piece needs definitely to yeah. be so. Yeah, I agree. And we kind of alluded a little bit to it, to this topic before, when we were talking about the AR report, the aging report, Yep. as they say, junk in, junk out when it comes to reporting, right? I mean, we've all heard of that. So I think posting on a daily basis is Mm -hmm. super important for a couple of reasons, right? First, when you're posting daily, you're maintaining your AR reports as clean as possible. And What I mean about clean is you're making the appropriate adjustments on the claims, you're writing off claims that will not be paid for legitimate reasons, whatever it is, and you're posting paid claims as well. So then when you're pulling that AR report, hopefully you're looking at actual collectible claims, right, or claims that you need to do a little bit of further research on so you can figure out what's wrong with them to make the corrections right? And then resubmit them. So look, obviously, this is not a perfect process. But understanding this is so helpful. And understanding why we need to post daily, because it just trickles down to that AR report, which agencies, like we said before, need to live and die by. Yep, exactly. And really, I would say the second reason to post daily is getting those remittances daily and posting them daily really helps really with your cash, right? Yeah. So being able to quickly identify claim rejections and taking action and rebilling those as quickly as possible also feeds into this topic of cash is queen, right? Getting your cash flow going and moving and posting them and posting your remittances and looking at those rejections daily really speed up your cash. Oh yeah. Everything is so intertwined. And Mm -hmm. if one area is lacking, then it really can impact your cash pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I think these additional pieces are really, really important to cover. We really think that, and this is really goes out to to everybody listening or watching it. It's important to know that all these things are really tied so closely together. And if you're missing an opportunity to trend out your denials, that's going to impact your cast just as much so as if you're not posting on a frequent basis. And those zero pays that needs to get posted as equally, if not even more Uh, important to pay uh, attention to those zero pays. Because you need to drop them off the AR report. Yeah. And I think, you know, oftentimes I've heard clients say, you know, oh, we skipped those zero pays, mm. you know, because you're not posting any money. I'm like, well, mm. but that's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> you need to look at that. There's still things within that remittance advice that tell you what you need to do to get paid. So those zero pays, they can catch it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, they can. And and I've also had conversations with clients and or potential customers really who come to us and say, hey, I have a million dollars of outstanding 
claims on it. Yeah. You know, we look at our AR report and they're like, there's a million dollars. And sometimes I wonder, my first question is, how is your posting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that process look like? Yeah. Right. And it's good. Sometimes we fi- end up finding out after digging and doing a little research that 80% of that million dollars was actually paid. Yeah. It was just never posted. Yeah. I know. And that's super frustrating too, because it just sends yeah. you in this spiral to freak out. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So if you don't post, you could have this huge AR. And if you, you know, if you do post and you stay on top of it, you're actually going to see a, an AR report that's real. Right. Yeah. And, and I have to say, look, it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard for agencies to stay on top of that. It really is. Yeah, I think the billing role is is a really tough role in any agency because it's a domino effect. If things aren't Mm. done correctly upstream, you mentioned one saying earlier, I'll say stuff rolls downhill, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to add to that. I agree. You know, I always like to say that billing is the last step in the process. Yes, exactly. Right? So if everything is not done correctly upon intake, upon scheduling, upon demographic, you know, EMR data entry, then it all trickles down. And then when we go to bill a claim, we either can't bill it, or if we bill it, there's something wrong with it, right? So Yeah. yeah, it is a domino effect. Yeah, especially with yesterday, it was opening day for baseball. This is a great little colloquialism here. RCM, specifically billing and collections, is the catcher's mitt for mm. everything upstream. I love and that. If something doesn't happen, you know your billing team is going to catch it and they <laughs> will do something with it, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> get paid. But there are chances where you're going to catch it and not be able to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, sometimes those, I like to call them fatal errors. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's an error that, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Do you want to trend those two? Because you can get down to the root cause of those and find out that maybe there's some staff upstream, like you said, maybe at intake that just needs some more training. Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. right. Oftentimes it's it's education it. or process change and learning that, you know, this, what I'm doing in my role impacts the financial stability of the company. And wow. there are you process changes that might need to shift one way or the other, and it might be a little uncomfortable and that's mm-hmm. okay. But there are things that need to shift. Like we were talking earlier about the verified visits. It is amazing when you have to change the mindset. It's change management to go, okay, I know I have a pretty lack visit verification process by which clinicians don't have a set timeline to get their notes in and get them then therefore verified by their clinical supervisor or manager. And that really can hurt agencies very quickly. I had an agency that their revenue at one point, hundred percent of their revenue was in unbilled because oh, of hundred percent because of unverified visits, oh because they had this whole process that was way too lax and they were fearful of changing it because they didn't want their clinicians to walk. Mm. But my comment was, well, 
you're not going to have to worry about anybody walking. No. Everybody is not going to be able to come into this office soon if you can't pay them because uh-huh. you're not getting paid. Absolutely. So- <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, you know, you hit the nail on the head with education and training staff to understand that what they are doing impacts the agency financially. I don't think sometimes we as administrators, agency owners really relay that message properly to our staff because you know how important it is for, let's say if your intake person is the one that selects the payer for a particular patient, for the insurance of a particular patient, you know, do they know that if they select the wrong payer, that claim's not going to get paid. Yeah. And it could be thousands and thousands of dollars that are not going to come into the agency, which then affects payroll, which blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. And that goes back to what you're saying earlier about education, right? It's troubleshooting it. Yeah. You're going to catch the denial, but what are you doing then with that? Whose department do you need Mm -hmm. extra support? Is it training or is it, you just don't have enough support? And there's, I think there's a little bit of both that can happen there. Yeah. And getting down, I think, to the root cause of the problem is super important because you could catch a denial. I've seen this actually a lot with agencies where they catch a denial, they fix it, the billing team will fix it. And guess what happens again next time you bill that same payer and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And you're just in this like hamster wheel of, right, of like, correcting and correcting and correcting. And then it goes back to your point of education. Maybe the biller doesn't have the right education to know that that problem can actually be fixed at the root cause. There's a a reason upstream why this is happening. And if you fix it at that level, then the billing team doesn't have to correct it and correct it and correct it over and over and over again. And it's going to speed up your cash. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. It's so funny. You know, we always talk about, hey, work smarter, not harder. But that's a great example where it's, well, this is easy. I already know what the denial is. I know how to fix it. (laughs) But if you take a step back and go, wait a minute, I don't have to do this correction every time. And yeah, I know it's easy. But if we can all take a step back to understand what the denial was and where the hiccup was, it's amazing it, how much yeah. it can really benefit you cash-wise. Yeah, it could save you. It could be the difference of getting paid a month sooner. Yeah, but I, I know. That's I a big know. deal. Think of how that's many payrolls point. went by in a yeah. month. That's an excellent point, Lynn, because I think back to the payment schedules we were talking about too with specific payers. And I always say work Medicare the first 14 mm-hmm. days of the month because mm-hmm. the 15th day comes around and you're probably not going to get paid until the following month. So if you've got RTPs, rejected Mm. claims, make sure you do a sweep of them on the 14th day. Otherwise your 15th day, you might as well go to the next pair and work it because you're not going to see money. in. so if you, if you want to impact cash and to your point, payroll, then you should be looking at those payment floor schedules and going, okay, this is exactly when I need to work this by, hit this hard, hit this aging hard by this date. And boom, I'll, I'll make sure that I see my money by the yeah. end of the month. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. See my money. <laughs> I want to see 
me my money. Show me the money. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, well, this is, is great. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I always have a, a great time talking about building with you. One of my goals in my career has always been to educate and to just get the word out there, right? Yes. And talk as much about billing as possible. So, you know, just for agencies to be successful, because at the end of the story, yeah. if the home health and hospice industry is, is successful, then we're successful, exactly. right? That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. No, no. Thank you so much, Lynn. This has been awesome. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. And likewise, you know, for everybody listening and, and watching it, it's really important. Again, just a couple key concepts, you know, takeaways are one, make sure you're trending your payment reports and on a frequency of at least a weekly basis. Because if you set a cash goal for the month, you should look at how you're doing week over week to make sure that you're on target. And if you're not, look at it at a payer level. And the exact same philosophy applies on the denial side. And make sure, make sure, make sure that you post those zero pay remits. Mm -hmm. They're equally as important. Don't fall in the trap of not posting them. They're really important, especially for your collections team. And the last thing that I'll say here is, man, it feels so good, <laughs> Lynn, to talk through these things with you. You're equally as passionate about it as me, but man, these trends are so, so critical to that catcher's mitt, that yeah, billing and I like that. team. Yeah. I like that. Thank you so much for summarizing that for our audience. And again, you know, thank you all for joining us on our podcast. Please uh, look out for our shows on your favorite podcast apps. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you.